Absolute Rally, powered by the Kielder Works team. Cordless tools tailored for the world of motorsport. Hello and welcome to Absolute Rally, episode 7, season 21. We're over the hump episode, but we're heading headlong in towards the last episodes of this particular season. But I'm going to tip you off here and now. There's going to be a couple more because of the way the season's played out. So we are probably going to have two or three, maybe extra ones. Also, uh, we've got the fantastic Kielder competition, which we are going to announce a bit later on in the podcast as well. Um, but, you know, with the excitement of the Kielder competition that we are going to be announcing, um, Ryan Champion, AWOL, Trevor Agnew, AWOL, Jack Bengian, still on holiday, I think. Um, so we've got, we've got a new boy. Um, you may have heard of him, you may not have heard of him, but we've got a new boy joining the Absolute Rally team for the first time as a team member, as it were. He has been on the podcast before. John Desborough, welcome to Absolute Rally now as a, as a co-host. Thank you very much for your warm welcome. I just picture myself in footballing terms, you know, sort of uh, checking my studs. Talking to the fourth fish, I'm about to run on the pitch. There's definitely no, there's definitely not normally any studs on this podcast. I can tell you can that. I just, for nothing. Can I just say I'm coming to terms with being a stand-in for those miscreants, Agnew? What was that other bloke you said his name was on top of a mountain in Scotland? What was uh, him? A champion. Never heard of him. No. And Jack Benyon, I just thought I'd say he's been out of lunch for a long time. Yeah, well, he's, he's been out on holiday. I don't want to see his white bits. And, of course, you insist on having the camera on. So if if because if, if, you're here having the camera on, which is always unique whenever we have cameras on, we only happen for the first time, the first time you were on with Ryan, first time I'd seen him for 10 years. Um, so, so to have Jack on with his white bits is, is I could definitely do without. But exactly. I did think about this, right? If we were all present and that could happen, would it? what would it look like height-wise? We'd definitely start with you, John. And we would come down, and I realise this is now a visual gag as opposed to anything else, which doesn't really work on a podcast, granted. But we yeah. will kind of some kind of slide and scale. So we'd start yeah, off be. with John. You've been asking the questions like this. You've been, John. Yeah. Oh, what do you think about soft against hard? And you, that's how it will work. Yeah. So there you go. Anyway, anyway, you're, you're well and safe, and you're with us uh, for this particular episode, episode seven. Um, Rally Turkey is has been and gone, John, and. I'm going to use the cliche that I've used approximately for the last 10 years. We are going to talk Turkey. Um, it's such a lazy, lazy, lazy term, but people are used to it now. So I'm going to use here's, it. Here's another one for you from our editor-in-chief, Kevin Piper. That last weekend was Turkey with all the trimmings. Oh. <laughs> Did he give himself the rest of the day off after that? Oh, I tell you what, um, when I woke up and watched that first stage on Sunday morning, I thought, I don't think anybody's going to come out of here. Has there ever been a stage where nobody has appeared at the end of the stock control? Would there be a man at the stock control in Turkish Turkey to his mate tapping the glass front of his watch going, where are they? They should have been here by now. Would the helicopter pilot have been up there, you know, out on a sort of APB saying, no, we haven't seen any of them. They're, they're not around. I don't know where they are. Are you sure in Turkish? Are you sure you got the right bit of road? Yeah, I'm following the coordinates. Well, where the hell are they? Well, the world's greatest are strewn along the roughest piece of rough road you've ever seen in the rough land of rough WRC rally rough changing wheels and tires. Do you know what it was for me as well? And this is where and this is what and I know I'm preaching to the choir to 99.99% of our listeners as well when I say this is that this was a fantastic example of when people just talk about, well, it's a gravel rally. Yeah, it is a gravel rally. But look at this rally compared to Estonia. Yeah, <laughs> you couldn't you know get what? any further apart. Estonia must have just been a blast. I mean, they must have lit up the big Cuban for every stage because if you watch them, the onboard cameras, it was just a little correction here and a little correction there. there was so much, there's so little work going on. You could see the smile on the faces of the drivers thinking, <laughs> last time I was up at 200 and something kilometers an hour, must have been a year or two ago. And then suddenly they, they get to Turkey. And it is, as you say, it's still a gravel rally, but it's, it's not gravel that anybody else knows. You know, it's gravel. But not like we know it. No, it reminded me a little bit. And, you know, again, it's nothing like this. But in my head, it was the the the, the mindset that must have been way back when, when you were taking a little group N car, perhaps into do safari or something like that, where you're thinking, <laughs> yeah, yes. I've got I've got to drive around this boulder. It's got its own yeah. postcode. That's yeah. and there was definitely elements yeah. Yeah. of. Um, yeah, and they all say you've got two choices when you sit: you drive around it, or you go straight over it. And you know that's assuming that you're actually going at a speed where you can drive around it. Because nine times out of ten, you're going to just go over it and kind of, you know, pull that. It's that winsome moment. It's that winsome moment that happens. You do. You just go 
like that and think, <laughs> what's, what's that hit and is it going to do any damage? Um, <laughs> and do you know what? You, I think the last time we were on, you said to me, Elvin Evans, is he a champion? And I said, yeah, I think this could be his year. And yet when I came to do my predictions on social media, I thought, no, it's not Elvin. I mean, Elvin never comes up on my radar. I went... Kalarov and Power had a blinding Estonia. Did you see him just dismantle the power stage and, and make mugs out of everybody else? And the guys, I mean, I, th- I described him as the last flying fin to leave the nest. I was quite proud of that. The guy I think I worked out was in nappies when Loeb was doing Turkey for the first time. All that, all those things are true. And he dismantled the last few stages of uh, Estonia. I thought, he's going to do it. He's going to win Turkey. I don't care. Let's put him at the top. He's my prediction to win. I know that's outrageous. I know that's silly. I'm going to pay for that the week afterwards. <laughs> then I know it's going to be Jerry Nerva because he simply has to. He has to win this. Otherwise, he's just toast and Hugh and I will sack him because he's going to be runner-up for the 495 fifth time you know and then i thought maybe ogier because he can get a he can get a podium blind never even thought of elvin he's the tidiest and you know what i talked to one of the uh top tire people in the business and he said to me john this was last week sitting in the sunshine outside he said john last year in turkey they weighed elvin's tires they weighed seb's tires they weighed um Tamer Suninen's tyres, when I say weighed them, the wheel. So wheel and tyre, they weighed them when they came back in to see what the wear had been. Guess whose tyres out of those three were the most worn in Turkey? Can't remember what day, what stage, what loop, whatever. Guess whose tyres were worn the most? It's, it won't be hard once you you realise. Timu. Yeah, because he, yeah. He, he drives hard, he doesn't drive fast. And you saw the, the state of his car as he came in, splitter hanging off, all sorts of things hanging off the front of the car because he just I mean, he stamps on the brake and the nose goes in, it picks up all that rubbish and it damages the front. This was the interesting one. Who was the one whose tyres were least worn? Well, it's going to be Seb Ogier, isn't it? He's the master. He knows what he's doing. He, did, he brakes so gently and he accelerates so gently. He, no. It was Elvin. Elvin. Yeah. Elvin's tyres were the least worn out of those three. And that was that was a revelation to me. But I didn't put my money where my mouth was. And I said, no, it's still going to be Kalarov and Pera. I'm going to say something, John, and uh, I, I may be wrong. And I've been wrong once or twice in this podcast. And people do like to point <laughs> it out to me. It's fine. I'm more than all right with that. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. Um, seven round championship. Last time we had a seven round championship. Who was the champion? Well, God, no, I have no idea. Was I in nappies when that happened? No, you wasn't. When was that? A seven-round championship? Well, it wasn't this millennium. Nope. Oh, man. Think, the, think, think mid-90s. Oh, not something like 96. 95. No, 95. Seven-round championship. Who was champion? TB. Yeah. Wow, 95, so that was, what, 25 years ago? Yeah, Collins. championship. That's, to my knowledge, yeah, I haven't, I, I, listen, I, I haven't I haven't researched it as much as probably what I should, but I sat down and thought about it the other night. Yeah, yeah. Um, so your point being, to raise this and embarrass the pair of us who haven't gone back and looked at these things. Yeah, is, pretty much, yeah. Who won that seven-round championship then? It was Colin. Of course it was. So where I'm going with this, was that the last Brit. Wow, I never even put the two together. Could yeah. there be and here something we are, Elvin there? Evans. And you see, here's the thing that's tickling everybody now. Elvin, and this was the point that Seb Ogier was making over the weekend, I need to leave this championship in case they cancel the frigging thing overnight because we can't do anymore because COVID has taken over and we can't travel. And whoever's top of the leaderboard at that point is going to win it. Then I said, wait a second, they say they've got to have a seven-rounder because they need seven to do a championship. So we need to go to Sardinia. We need to go to eat. We need to get those out of the way. There's talk, by the way, that uh, Croatia is sort of champing at the bit saying, don't worry, guys, we're here. You can come here and do a championship round here, which is good. That's good. But what happens if Elvin should win in Sardinia or should come out of Sardinia leading that championship and then they say, sorry, we can't do Ypres or and Croatia's got a cough or whatever. And then suddenly they say, sorry, Elvin, it's really nice. You know, you're, you're out in the lead of the championship, but well, you're the, not the champion. See, the only, the, only, the only thing I'll say to that is that technically we haven't 
due to how many consonants, and this is, I think this is the own F- the, the FIA's own criteria. We haven't visited enough consonants technically in the World Championship this year. No, so no. there's, there's been something written in because I know that was a big issue way back when in a previous life. And I think I've talked about it before. I was involved a little bit with World Rallycross in its incarnation. And a big part of that was to make sure yeah. it visited enough consonants to declare it a World Championship. So no, no, something not. must have been written in this year as, as we've been going along. Mm. to kind of give us a workaround for this particular season, at least, for that yeah. to happen. So who's it's to say that a workaround can't be put in for the number of rounds? It's another if, but, or maybe, which has been written in, you know, that contract, which has got so much red ink through it now uh, because of COVID. Uh, and I take my hat off to the FIA and the promoters that have actually managed to get these things back on the road and make these things work. I mean, I don't know how you managed to do it. It's hard enough, you know, living at home and just existing and going down to the shops every morning, but actually putting a world championship together, great. Uh, and now the thing is so sort of fragile, you know, are we going to get to Sardinia? What's it like in Sardinia? What if we go there and we fail a test? We're stuck in Sardinia in a hotel room for 14 days. What does that mean? Can we get back in time for Eep, you know? And this is just us, us lovely TV people talking. What about the teams? I'd love to know how the teams are handling it. Are they going, are they on the road now completely and not coming home? Uh, you know, what if you go away under one set of COVID rules and suddenly you're going to come back under another set of COVID rules? And it, it's almost as if, no, you can't come back unless. And then if you do come back, you can't go out. It's a, it's a, an absolute nightmare. But, Elvin won in Turkey and deserves to have a shout for the uh, championship because he was the tidiest, cleanest and cleverest. Although there was moment, uh, one moment, I think, Sunday morning when he thought he had got a puncture. And there was a divine moment, a delicious moment going on in that car when the ever cool Scott Martin, God bless him, uh, reassured him that they hadn't got a puncture and they should carry on because I think they were eight kilometres before the end of the state. So they through that part where they had to thought, this is where we get out and change it. We have to. We're only that far in. No, we carry on. And it was one of those moments where the co-driver's got to reassure his driver, keep his his, his eyes on the notes, keep reading the notes, keep knowing where he is in the stage, even though he can't see it for dust. And I thought that in itself means they're ready to be champions. I, 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 you know, I suppose we we all lay claim to Elvin, and we talked about this quite a lot on the podcast over the years, of course. If you've grown up in rallying in this country, and as as I have and Ryan and, and stuff, but we remember Elvin in a micro. We always <laughs> joke about this. We remember him doing the 1,000cc micro championship, and, you know, he never had any give-me's on that. If you look at I- images of it, it's it's a battered micro with steel wheels on and everything else. And, you know, listen, it's, it's a massive jump to go from a Nissan Micro 1 litre to a Toyota World Rally car. But when you start talking about looking after tyres and things like that, these yeah, are all all things that yeah. I believe that were instilled in yeah. Elvin from a very, very early age by his old man. Yeah, um, drive it know. down the middle. Don't get out there. It's all sharp and nasty and it's just going to break things. Drive it down the middle. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, God bless him. He said at the end, you know, I don't want to win this with other people having problems. But I'd say, Elvin, mate, the, some of those, some of that bad luck that they talk about, they deserve that because they've actually, you know, tempted bad luck uh, by the way they've driven. But if you've keep kept it neat and tidy and driven it straight down the middle and you know, Did followed it. those lines, then uh, you you've done it the right way. Did you allow yourself to have a, 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 an almost, um, I was going to say erotic dream. It's never going to be an erotic dream, but almost a fanciful dream. Sorry, John. Uh, with regards to. <laughs> oh, I've come over all together there. Oh my God. Seb Loeb was back. And we, of course, we had very, very early on the rally. Of course, we had this situation where he was the oldest man to be leading yeah. a WRC event since beyond Valdegard, which is just yeah. bonkers yeah. when you think about it. You know, he, yeah, it's, lo- it's lovely that there's a certain type of person that every time goes reaching for the stats book. And we all go to that same website to find out, you know, what that is. And I think to myself, oh, for goodness sake, give the guy a break. He's in his late 40s. He doesn't want you telling him how old he is, you know. <laughs> Bjorn Valdegard and him, jeepers. But Bjorn Valdegard smoked a pipe and been bored for years. Just let the guy, he's still got it. And and Hyundai are in a real dilemma. After Estonia, I thought, Craig Breen's got to have that drive. He simply has to have that drive. And yet at the end of Friday night in Turkey, I thought, wow, well, let's have a look and see where that came from. Well, okay, I can read that. I can understand that, you know, late position, cleaner road, la-di-da, two second places, that's good enough to lead. But come on, you know you've got to come out on Saturday morning and you've got to do it then because that's when Seb Ogier will do it. And then he dropped off and he came back. And then he said, you know, 
oh, I've made a mistake with my tyres, and we all went, nine championships and 150 billion rounds went one on the on the WRC, and you got your tyres wrong. You don't get your tyres wrong. You know, it's a bit like a bit like saying that the man conducting the orchestra has got to play a bum note. Well, maybe they do. Um, but uh, what a difficult choice. Do you go Loeb? Do you go uh, Danny Sordo? Do you go for Craig Breen? Uh, can, I, can I can I bowl in uh, I, and, and listen? I think uh, I love the idea of, of you know I think um, I think I and I um, I've been uh, I've, I've, I've spoken about this. Of course, the the the, the, the ever the ever flamboyant boss who, who does remind me of a football manager. I, I always I always to me I can imagine playing football for him. Played football when I was a kid, and I can imagine him being on the touchline. And I think he likes he likes to have a squad of specialists. I think he, he he's a throwback to the periods where we did have specialists, yes. tarmac specialists, and ice specialists, and all these different things. Yes. And you know he's went out and he's, he's, he's picked his dream team and everything else. Now, there's a little story that's come out um, and, you know, we're, we're all we're all rooting for we're all rooting for Craig to get, as you say, Craig to get a seat. Surely he deserves something. How can we use lose Loeb? You know, Danny Sordo's been in the best possible form. I think he's been mm-hmm. in for a number of years. And then there's a story broke with regards to Hyundai um, over in Korea uh, agreeing to a wage freeze um mm-hmm. with their with their staff um because of obviously what's going on with covid and car sales and things like that yeah. and you just think geez you're spending x on a on a motorsport program yeah. this yeah. is a very awkward situation to find yourself in and you know yeah. we've we've kind of i'm not saying this is going to happen but there's a there's going to be a very awkward conversation at boardroom okay. level we could have forecast it, couldn't we, at the beginning of the year or even earlier, uh, with, you know, car sales dropping. They want to, people want to get into hybrid cars. Soon there'll all be electric cars that we're only allowed to buy. And therefore the sport's got to turn to electric. I mean, somebody said to me, you know, that the, uh, Toyota, Yara, Toyota, um, Prius, Prius or Prius was, was, we first had that in 1995 to around 1995. I don't know. Or was it 1997? So therefore, 23 years later, the sport still hasn't made the move over. That's one of the things that's getting in the way of, of, uh, the championship. The other one is car sales have plunged. COVID has also, uh, kicked in and we knew you could have predicted that there was at some stage, Andrea Rodin was going to close the door in that team meeting and say, guys, I'm tearing up all your contracts now. You've all got to have a pay freeze. And you know him being, you know, he must have mafia connections because that's how he behaves. <laughs> and that's how he looks. You wouldn't want to argue with him when he says we're all taking a 10% pay cut because you know the one that says, no, I'm get, talk to my agent. He says I'm in for a mill this year and no, not, not a cent less. Adama will say, thank you for that. I knew you were going to do that because you're the guy I'm not hiring next year. Now out you go which was a similar conversation, I think, to Andreas Mikkelsen. And that's why you don't see him driving anymore for Hyundai. So I think in this current situation, uh, as a driver, you would just say, the answer is yes, boss. What's the question? Um, And, you know, if everybody else, if the guy's fixing, bringing the tyres out every day, are having to pay cut up 10% or whatever it is, or having to pay freeze, uh, and, you know, they're not getting 50,000 euros a year, they're now going to get a 40, 45, I don't care. Then the guys on 5 mil, 10 mil, whatever it is, they've got to understand as well that, you know, they're just going to have to fly first class, not in a private Learjet. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, in a way, long term, that's probably a good thing because we de- do need to keep the cost down. You know, the answer to what do you do with Danny Sordo, uh, Seb Loeb and Craig Breen is what a fantastic team that would make. If only we had another manufacturer, another factory team in there. Go out, go and find us another manufacturer that wants to get involved in the world's greatest motorsport. And, you know, you're kind of sort of twiddling your thumbs thinking, does nobody want to come and get involved? What if that's another manufacturer team right there if you could have it? And that's the frank thing. We were talking about this last week, of course, the 2022 regulations, which were, were wrote a couple of years ago. Now, um, we all seem to be left looking at one another going, <sighs> probably not the way we need to go. We kind of need something in between. Now, Ryan came up with a very, very good option in my eyes. Of course, we've got all these manufacturers that produce R5s. You can buy this, this, this intermediate hybrid system off the shelf. They've all got to use the same one. So we, whether we go this R5 with a, you know, R5 plus with a hybrid system, all mm. of a sudden that opens the doors to 
Skoda. It opens the doors to privately run Volkswagens. It opens the doors to, um, you know, Proton. It it opens the doors to lots of other little R5 manufacturers. Evidence of that is the entry list for WRC3, which is pretty much the privateer R5 entry, which was enormous. And the team entry, which I think was three in Turkey. One of those, I think, actually was a privateer. And that was Pontus Tiedemann driving in a white car with no livery on it at all. Looked a little bit like a car I would drive. Um, if I knew what I was doing. So the, there is an argument for saying, no, keep the cost down, make it the everyman motorsport, the one that we can all do and bring whatever you do. Don't let it accelerate away, if you pardon the pun, to a place where only the big boys can join in. And if they're suffering, well, that's bad news for them. It's perhaps bad news for the sport short term, but it's a reminder that we all just can't keep spending money that we haven't got. Um, and I think the same thing has probably come around uh, Toyota. They probably looked at the money that Toyota is spending in order to win this championship, in order to win rounds of the championship. And somebody has eventually said, yep, as we thought, uh, you know, chasing the dream, chasing the silverware has cost us a lot of money. So now we're going to bring that in-house, if you want to call it. And, and Tommy Mackinnon is now a consultant. Um, And again, you could have seen that coming at the beginning of the year. But long term, let's hope it's good. It pins the cost of the sport down and it means that it's still within the realms of the everyman driver to get involved. I hope so. And and, and this is the thing. I think the 2022 regulations are are way too far away now from, from where we are in reality and you know the, the world championship will 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 be there in one form or another but of course you know the, the big fear and i was involved with it the business side of it when we just had citroen and ford and you know citroen took a bit of a kicking uh, over the way they left the championship but i was one of those people that were around when there was just them and m sport or them and ford m sport as it was at yeah. the time and yeah. we can't afford to go back to that now, well, Malcolm Wilson reminded me years ago, I think when they originally started in the 70s, it was just Ford and it was Subaru. Um, but, you know, that name, Subaru, whoa, wouldn't it be good if you could bring it back down to a place where Subaru could come back in? You know, where, where's the Mitsubishi brand now? Or where are the relatives of that particular brand? You know, we sit here and get all misty-eyed and nostalgic and say, wouldn't it be great if we could have team factory teams back running those? But we're done costing, you know, 10 million euros a year, not, uh, I don't know what a Hyundai or a Toyota budget is, but let's say it's 80, 90 million euros a year. Is that getting too much? The answer is, oh, look, Formula One spends billions, um, but a lot of those are high-end brands. And, you know, uh, Frank, so Frank Williams, God bless him, has said, oh, we can't carry this anymore. We're now going, we're getting, getting out. Uh, we need, there always needs to be a little bit of reality, especially in our sport, because it is every man's motorsport. You know, it's the one you can all get involved in. Oh, and, and, you know, and, and I kind of feel like, and I said this, I said this to the guys last week, um, uh, that in some ways I kind of feel like rallying is eating itself at the moment. <laughs> it's kind of come full circle and eating its own backside. Um, and we need to, we need to yeah. stop it doing that. Um, because, um, it's so, it's such a minority sport, whether we like it or not, we love it. We, we, you know, we, we, we live and breathe it and we find it odd when other people don't live and breathe it. I think we're all guilty that as rally fans and and obviously the guys who listen to podcasts are rally fans. So when you try and sell it and we all do, we're all guilty of dragging somebody in and putting a YouTube clip and watch this, watch this, watch it. You've got to watch this. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's done it. Just be amazed that, uh, you know, go back to Estonia. There was one um, stage camera that had, filmed the cars flying. I don't think that camera filmed any car with its wheels on the ground because it was part of the road in Estonia where there was no need to be on the ground. Um, it was it just a 70-metre flight off one crest. Uh, you only got to show that to people and they say, oh, wow, what's uh, what's this? This looks really exciting. How does that car stay on the ground at that sort of speed? Yeah. Um, and that should sell itself. But that car is, what, 700 thousand euros seven i've heard i've heard some bonkers with regards to toyota being a million um some of the other manufacturers being a bit less and you know you you, you just you know it's i remember and you 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 were involved as well at the peak of this and so i could well be shot down in flames by by our new our new boy here so i'm, I'm opening myself up john to okay. this right <laughs> the peugeot deal at the the, the, the the height of the kind of noughties if you like or late 90s early noughties with the 206 it was there was no budget 
they just got on with it. Yeah. Oh, well, I can imagine that because those were the good old days, weren't they? And that, was that at the time when Citroen were competing as well? So you, you possibly had the two. I think they were just coming in. I think they were probably just coming in. That's when they were probably trailing the, the F2 going into the, 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 the Zara World Car uh, with a limited yeah. program at the time. Yeah. So, no object. Yeah. Money no object. Because why? Because why? You see, I can see, I remember David Latworth from uh, Subaru saying to me, we're in this championship to sell cars. And when you had a Subaru and a Mitsubishi and you had uh, the focus back in those days, you could go out and buy that car. Here we go. I'm getting all nostalgic and weepy all over again. You go out and buy that car pretty much for about £30,000. You could be that man and you look great. But now that car that you see competing and winning rallies now is just something you you know it's so complex it's un, it's untouchable it's unavailable it's it's you know from in fairness, in fairness there's only really Toyota that have done something with the fact they've got this kind of homologation special um, the the Yaris TR I think it is um, which is limited numbers and stuff like that and you know it's a, it's a nice little hot hatch which which is a bit of a throwback for me um, mm. to, 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 to those hatch. days but. A hot hatch, there you go, there's a term for you. Yeah, gets away like Gordi- Houdini. Yeah. Gordini gets away. Like- 05 Gordini, it was. <laughs> there you go. Time- Listen, hey, we need to get back to Italy anyway. Jeez, yes. uh, we haven't even, we, we haven't even, it's not Italy. Uh, yeah, it is. It's- Sorry, Turkey. Uh, yeah. Italy, we're getting a little bit of a, uh, ahead of ourselves there. Um, the championship you mentioned before, obviously, uh, you know, Thierry needed the result. He didn't yeah. quite get the result. Um, I'd say, Weight needed the results as well. Um, and I still can't quite... There's a couple of things I can't quite get my head around. I, I think it was a steering fault. I think there was a steering mechanism broke, uh, yeah. which is why he went off now. Yeah. Of course, well, off they the... talked about on Sunday morning, and somebody, I think it was Bex Williams, said to me, you fix that. Yes, it, it won't happen again. What was it? I can't tell you it won't happen again. Give us a clue. Where? Which body on the car? Which bit of the electric... Which, uh, which sensor on the car? <laughs> You know, decided that it it had a lovey moment and decided it was just too hot, darling. Yeah, uh, no, I can't tell you that, but it won't happen again. Yeah, um, that very costly. I think so, but I don't know if you've seen. You know, we've we've already mentioned Tommy, of course, and what's going on at Toyota. But Tommy was very vocal with regards to um, Oit's behaviour with regards going through the stage very very slowly uh, in yeah. order to, to 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 look after his tires. Yeah. Um, that's re- that's lethal. I mean, that's taking it right. It's reading the rule book in a very literal fashion, isn't it? And in the end, he went for the power stage where he wanted to get the full five and didn't, uh, yeah. because Thierry Neuville, his teammate, needed them even more. Um, did but the the, the sight of that uh, that will live in my mind is Seb Ogier walking up that cliff face, tapping his the, the front of his phone, saying, "Where's the goddamn coverage in this country?" Um, <laughs> You know, and there he was on 11 of the 12, and suddenly, you know, we're all looking at each other thinking, he's not going to get a point out of this. He's not going to, not one, he's not even going to be there for the power stage. You won't get the five. The other two, or Thierry, they've got a shot at getting, you know, a little bit of, uh, of, of a rescue mission, pulling that off. But Seb hasn't got the, he won't even be there. This is incredible. What happened there? How can that be allowed to happen? Well, it just gets hot. Yes, but we knew it was going to be hot. Yeah, well, there's lots of rocks around. They get in the parts that break things. We knew that was going to happen. And that's the beauty of Turkey. You know, I think Turkey and Estonia should be on our championship because, you know, Estonia gave us an incredible event, I thought. And Turkey, for different reasons, at the other end of the spectrum, gave us an incredible event as well. well I, I okay, think I- you boys say you're the best in the business. Take it at 35 degrees. All right, let's see your aerodynamics deal with Chetty Belly. Great name because you know it allowed me to say, "Do you have the stomach for Chetty?" Oh, John. <laughs> the point I make is a good one. You boys haven't got round yet because there's 38 kilometres to go. Not once, but twice on Sunday morning. Let's see how you deal with that. Yeah, I I, I agree with the concept of having them back to back. Just from what we were talking about before, to go from and as as ever with the uh, with with the highlights package as well, which I, I seem to recognise the voice on the highlights package that I watched last night. But um, they had um, the infamous. Uh, a grizzly Richard. Rich Milner. Uh, I, yeah. I, I can't call him Grizzly anymore um, because he's a boss now. He was he was just a parts man when I called him Grizzly originally. Um, but uh, he's now he's the boss. He's now Mr. Milner. But he, yeah, he was showing uh, the differences in some of the components from going from Estonia to Turkey on, on the highlights program and in the you know the fans and things like that. It, 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 and this is what this this is what I was trying to get to before. Yes, they're both gravel rallies. 
but it's like it's like so far apart in what yeah. what what you need to be doing uh with regards to a driver and but again we're still back in the realms of yes they have to go slowly but it's not slowly because mm. 2017 wheel rally cars and the current crop of of highly trained athletes that we call our wrc drivers and co-drivers don't go slowly no it's it, it's not in their in their language is it? it's not in their nature and that's why i think julian porter said you've got to find the fastest and best slow driver i could understand when you remember that i could see the top of slow who can drive consistently and cleverly and stay out of the rubbish at that speed but you know the, just to quickly go back to seb Lowe, where he started friday the, is the place on the road where oh you'd look at it and say it is nice and smooth or whatever that is in french he said casually races but then you know what would they it was what we then say Zutel, look at the size of that rock that somebody's pulled out no well here we are saying what a wonderful smooth road it is but the guys up front stand less chance of having a rock like that but elvin somehow managed to pick his way through and didn't lose his head kept where he needed to be did it all nice and tight it was all very clever helped by scott's calm reassurance reassuring guidance and and you know pulled it off but it's it's, it's like going into a bookmaker and saying you know um he, i can i want to put a bet on a car in um, estonia oh yeah uh, you need a bet on him and i need to put uh, you can't do this by the way as far as i know i'd like to put a bet on the same guy in turkey and he'd take that bet because he'd go oh yeah uh gravel road gravel road yeah fine uh, same odds not the same odds at all requires an entirely different head yeah an entirely different head and also only having the two stages friday night and then reversing the road order clever one there that's got you hasn't it <laughs> not like estonia where we're going to reverse that road order saturday you've got your you've got to get away from from you know 10th on the road tonight as soon as possible you're going to make him you got to think about that now i thought very clever turkey very clever i like that i like that variation if we go to um, the drivers' battle now, as we know, we've got two rounds left to go. We know Elvin's got, uh, I think it's is it an eighteen nineteen point lead now in the championship. Yeah. Um, it is. It's fantastic. I, I, I've looked at it so many times, um, and we. I thought it was quite interesting, and and maybe uh, maybe it was Tommy's um, line of answering the questions that were posed to him at the end of the rally, um, but. Um, it was when he talked about, um, you know, sorry to Seb and, um, you know, um, but he can, you know, we still think he can, he, he's still going to be there for the championship. And then he kind of took a step back from that, uh, comment a little bit and then said, well, Elvin was the, the Elvin was the king of, of, of this weekend. And yeah. I just wonder where, where's the line in the sand going to be where, you know, and we all know that Seb gave him a lift home in his private jet, which was nice. Yeah. Uh, we see the pictures out, which are lovely pictures, joking aside, yeah, but. Yeah. Where is the point where you you now you support Elvin and who thought that was going to happen by the way in year one? Yeah, very difficult, very difficult. And uh, you know, I often say to people, "How do you think Elvin got the job at Toyota this year?" And I, I kind of look over my shoulders, make sure nobody's hearing me when I say this, and I say, "Because Seb said I'd like to have Elvin in as my teammate." And if Tommy had taken that conversation a little bit further and say, "Why is that?" Uh, and then Seb would have said, well, because he helped me here uh, in 2018 when I couldn't work my way through the Fiesta and I'm not such a good mechanic as Elvin. But there's Elvin on the phone saying, you know, you've got to do this to the wishbone. You've got to get that and do this to the uh, track control or whatever it was that was going wrong. And he helped him. He helped him out there. And, you know, Seb Ogier, who I think has become the statesman, he's the statesman like he, he's the sort of president of the championship. Now that man is that good. He can take defeat. Uh, and I think he's paid back Elvin. He said to Elvin, you help me, I'm going to help you. And I think, do you know what? Seb with his six championships might say, Elvin, let's have a straight fight. Whatever the boss says, let's just have a straight fight for this to the end, which is what everybody wants. We don't want anybody to have, you know, the gifted hand. We want that to be a straight fight. And Elvin would. He doesn't want anybody hand in the thing. He wants to go out and win it. Um, and, you know, Corsica, what was that, two years ago, three years ago on that power stage when he clunked his way through that bit of, the square meter missing tarmac, you know, if that had come off, Argentina 2017, if that had come off, he would have five wins by now, possibly six, because I think when he was in the DMAC in Corsica, he was tearing that place apart. It's all there and it's all ready to happen. And, you know, I've said to the promoter, we need to 
we need to start thinking about the fact that he might do this. We need to get rid of him. We need to get, you know, the, the TV news outlets on this. We need to make a big thing about this because it hasn't happened since 2001 when Richard won it. And, uh, you know, Wales is rally country. Uh, but of course, if you've read the uh, novel by John Desbrook called Breaking Point, there is, already, there is already a world champion who is a Welshman, albeit with a Scottish name. Um, and uh, <laughs> of course, trailing this particular podcast, you will hear the advert for this said uh, book. But uh, sorry, John, carry on. <laughs> yeah, my battle this morning. If you thought, if Robbie had thought I'd had trouble, had trouble in a rally car, understanding what ECU stood for, then he would be laughing now as I tried to register on Amazon as a seller, which uh, to me was a major breakthrough in technology. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm now proud to be able to say, I think by the end of today, by the time this podcast goes out, you may be able to reach Breaking Point. Sorry, what was that? What did he say? Breaking Point, the new novel by John Desborough, should be available on Amazon, which is, as everybody tells me, where all books are bought from these days. Um, but, um, yeah, I hope I hope Elvin can do it. I hope it's a straight fight. And I hope Seb gives one of the best set moments was when he didn't win Argentina the year that um, Hayden Padden won it and he got pro- a, a Seb in Argentina got closer and closer and closer going up and down the Condor and Minaclavera and I thought I was in the commentary box thinking he's going to do it damn it he's going to do it he's going to take the debut win off Hayden because he's so good he's getting closer and closer and closer and then Hayden in that straight fight just took him to him coming out of the mist and coming out of the clouds coming down Condor and we looked at the clock Julian and I I think it was Julian, and I said, how can he be 11 seconds up on that time? He can't be 11 seconds up. It was a straight fight. They were both at their best. They were both at their cleverest. Everybody had to be 100% perfect, and he beat Seb Ogier. And I remember saying in the commentary, come on, Hayden, all you got to do is be a five-times world champion. Deep irony at the time, or whatever it was, four-times world champion. And I'd like to see the same with, with Elvin, that he could go head-to-head with the most complete, perfect, and uh, technically gifted and fast driver there is at the moment take him on beat him win the championship thank you very much i've been elvin evans tidy lake i I think he did that really well because ironically um before we do our any other business i've got hayden padden on with us a bit later on so hayden's (laughs) going to be talking all about uh, talking about the hybrid car that he's been developing following on from what trevor and ryan and i were talking about last week but just if we can just put a tidy bow on 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 rally turkey obviously we always work on the proviso our listeners know the results we're never going to break results that's not what we're about um but i just wouldn't mind getting your thoughts john on Hyundai, okay, they got a 2-3, um, good points for the Manufacturers' Championship, which I think is is, is obviously what all the manufacturers are there for, of course, yeah. um, but have we now got a situation, and I go, this is the benefit of hindsight, you can say something like this, but perhaps, um, I call it headliners, have Hyundai got too many headliners? Yes, but they've been at it so long. You know, somebody in the background at Hyundai head office in Korea is saying, listen, we've got to win this thing. We've been at it so long. We simply have to win. The, the difficulty being if you logically and rationally follow that through, they'll say, we want it now. Bye. Um, which yeah. would be bad, but perhaps not that bad long term. But they started in, what was it, 14, I think it was, and – Again, I talked to David Lapworth about this, and I said, well, how long did it take you with Subaru to, to you know, win it with Colin? And we counted back, and they had done that quicker than, you know, Hyundai. Hyundai have to win this thing. They got the one on the car from Oit, but they have to keep winning this manufacturer's championship. And I wish, you know, if they do win it, I hope they make a real song and dance about it. You know, I want every Hyundai dealership around the world to have enormous posters in the in the you know, in the showrooms, and I want all the cars to have some kind of reference to winning the World Rally Championship. Uh, they simply have to do it. But the danger is so did Toyota and that just to get that competitive advantage, they'll blow more money here, blow more money here, blow more money here, blow more money here. It's the most fantastic car you've ever seen. We won the World Rally Championship. We are the best. And then somebody in corporate Toyota or in corporate Hyundai says, thanks, guys. We've actually spent most of next year's budget as well. So and then, you know, we get into a scenario that you don't want to hear about. But they do have rather a good team. But then Toyota you know, they've got the ex-champ, they could have the future champ, and they could have the future future champ in Cala Rovampera because that's only a matter of time to me, only a matter of time. Wanting to learn them all, 
He'll be your man. He's not, he's, he's, not, not, he's not far away either, is he? He's not far away in any way, shape or form. But anyway, there you go. Have I wrapped that up nicely? Or you You've wrapped that. You've you put a, yeah. a, a, a fantastic bow on it. Um, I just wanted to just very briefly, you mentioned it before, just dip into, and it's the one that confuses everybody uh, or, or, or probably leaves everybody it's slightly. It's is it? No, it's not differentials. Don't worry, John. I'm not going to talk to you about diffs. Never, ever was that ever going to happen, John, to be honest with you. Open heart surgery, possibly. Diffs, never. Um, <laughs> um, you mentioned it before, WRC3 and WRC2. Um, obviously, I'm still, I'm still of an opinion where we, we probably should just bowl them all in together and just have done with it. Um, but Pontus Tiedemann, who who got a great win and I you mentioned it before it was a plain car okay and I got into a little bit of uh, back and forth with somebody on Twitter about this I actually love the fact um mm. that was a plain car and there's two reasons why I love it I'm going to explain it okay um there's one um the pulling rabbits out of hats and that's how they're doing it um and let's not question the credit card bills and everything else um I hope that's not the case but if it is so be it Two, they've got a very private backer who doesn't actually want any PR out of it. <laughs> that or, reminds me of a very funny story that involves Phil Mills, but for another time. Yes. Or three, it's designed so people like you and me yeah. have a, a minute-long conversation about exactly. his playing car. Exactly. It's it's like all advertising, isn't it? We're still talking about that advert. Why? Because we remembered it. We remembered the white car. I there were times when I was looking at it, thinking, "Is that Brindleton? I can't tell. Is it a C3? I can't tell. What's the number? I can't tell." But with Pontus, we didn't have that dilemma. Yeah, and and you know, it's it's it was to me, it was uh, it was it, it was. Uh, I, I kind of want to know, and I don't want to know. It was one yeah. of them, and that's what I kind of said. Who's been, it's not our business. At the end of the day, it's not, it's not our business at all. Um, but of course, um, Kaito Kaitanovic actually was the fastest R five um, for, for the sake of yeah. So there and you that go. at the end, I thought getting out of the car and giving it the big one, which you know, a couple of the others didn't. They sort of gave the corporate statement from in the car, but old Special K, he's up there with Machek. Yeah, and then you've got a sign there of just how much that meant. This is yeah. how much it means. I think so. I think so. So that was that was Turkey. I think we've we we we've, we've I'm not going to do the cliches. I can't do the cliches anymore. No, it, I'm not doing it. I point blank refused to do it. Um, so what we're going to do now, uh, folks, we are going to go to a little break, and then we're going to come back with mine and John's. Any other business? Hi everyone, this is John Desborough, commentator and presenter on the World Rally Championship. I'm hoping you've seen my debut novel, Breaking Point. If you haven't, check it out on eBay. It's a roller coaster ride of deceit and blackmail from a golden age of the WRC. And like a good rally, it starts fast and gets faster. Breaking Point by me, John Desborough, on eBay now for $7.99. Welcome back to the next section of Absolute Rally. As I say, we, last week we were talking, Trevor, Ryan and myself, and we were talking about electric. And obviously, Trevor's very, very passionate about electric because of his background and working with some of the car manufacturers at the moment with regards to, you know, uh, he, he knows the facts and the figures. But um, just as we finished recording this podcast, a uh, friend of the show we've not had on for a while put out uh, some info with regards to what his project, which is well documented now. Hayden Padden, I, I thought we'd get him back on. Hayden, welcome back to Absolute Rally. Yeah, hey, thanks so much, Tony. It's good, to have, it's good to have you back on, mate. First and foremost, you, you, you're well and safe. That's the first question which I have to ask everybody at the moment, just for my own sanity. You're well and safe. Yeah, no, always well down here and on the other side of the, of the other side of the planet. But um, yeah, like the rest <laughs> of the world, we're sort of uh, battling through all the same uh, same challenges. Absolutely, absolutely. We spoke last week, Hayden, with regards to you know the regulations that are obviously coming in for 2022. Um, obviously, those regulations were wrote before we got into you know, the, the the world mess that we're in, and you know we we all know financially coming out of this, certainly manufacturers are going to be maybe looking for a, a more cost-effective alternative to perhaps where they were going to go. What's your take on with regards to kind of the 2022 the WRC plus hybrid? kind of solution that may be coming around like this kind of r5 plus you know a hybrid kit what do you make of that 
Yes, well, to, to be completely honest with you, I haven't actually seen the nuts and bolts of what's been proposed. Uh, I don't think I've anybody has that's the problem. And, <laughs> no, I think that's what makes it so confusing because the, the way that you can go about it with the technology, there's so many varied ways and there's so many ways it will work and so many ways it won't work. And, you know, nowadays, you know, that, you know, the EV hybrid type technologies are so new to everybody that people don't really understand um, what it's capable of and, and, and the challenges that it presents. So um, I think there's a, a big education piece around it missing for everybody involved, for fans, competitors, uh, promoters, everybody. Um, but, you know, I, I'm on both sides of the fence that, you know, I'm a, I'm a true petrol head, I'm a motorsport lover, you know, that's why I've driven cars and that's why I love cars. Um, but I'm also, I love my, love my sport, rallying, you know, and, and ultimately the sport of rallying will not be possible without that large commercial investment from manufacturers, from other partners and, whether we like it or not, um, you know, the automotive industry is now going down that new technology EV route. Um, the sport has to follow or the top end of the sport simply won't survive. And, you know, we're in a fragile position where we have to sort of follow where the big decision makers are, are taking the, the automotive industry. Is that, you know, perhaps why you took the, you know, the angle that, that, that you took, the, you know, I, I assume when you were speaking to your long term partners, Hyundai New Zealand, was that? part of the the business case I suppose for you to produce this car was that is that where it came from is it is it something that you pitched to them or or, or was it kind of the other way around were kind of the guys at Hyundai New Zealand saying you know we, we need to be seen to be doing this with this particular brand of car um that's no, a two-side thing firstly when you know I started coming back to New Zealand a bit more a couple of years ago and setting up our own team you know, we we sit back and go, okay, we want our team to compete around the world uh, in the next five to ten years' time and look at, okay, what's motorsport going to look like in five to ten years' time and, and start working towards that. And, and obviously, it's going to involve different technology um, and such as, as EV, and that's where we saw there's an opportunity and, and something that hadn't been exploited a lot to, to do something that hadn't been done. And then, of course, as soon as we then approach the partners and, and the commercial investors and, you know, all of a sudden their, their ears really perked up and there was a lot of interest. And even now we're talking to a lot of potential new partners, um, government support, uh, quite a lot of channels that would certainly not be available to us if we were still running the old um, AP4 combustion type cars. So it is opening up doors, it is creating opportunities, um, but, you know, there's still a lot of work to be done to, to make this EV type technology work in a rally environment. Where do you where where do you think is there a resistance? Do you think? And you know we're all kind of guilty of it. Like like what you've just said. I'm I'm a massive petrolhead, obviously for 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 everything I do as well. And I I still can't quite. I, I you know I I just don't know. And and I don't know what what, what the resistance is. I whether it's my own internal resistance. But do you feel resistance from other petrol heads is probably the best question. I think the other resistance is coming from petrolheads. And, and to be honest, it is changing very quickly. Okay. Uh, like when we launched this project uh, 12 months ago, I was, I was expecting a lot of backlash. And to be honest, we had virtually none. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we're all true hard, you know, diehard motorsport fans and, and, and nobody likes change. Uh, but when you look outside the motorsport community, the, the amount of interest that this project that we're doing is creating amongst, uh, you know, the public, amongst the media, amongst partners is tenfold to what it was um so i think it, it does open up more doors ultimately at the end of the day okay okay well you know where i suppose where we're looking at it from the point of view and one of the things that was put out maybe you could I'd, lo- I'd love your take on this ryan made a really great point last week because we were talking about obviously formula e uh an ex- extreme e that is, is starting to come about now as well and you know he pointed out that you know, those those vehicles were kind of set up and the events were kind of built around those vehicles. And, you know, the challenge is going to be, you know, the rallies are already kind of there. The, 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 the template of a rally is already there. And we now need to get electric rally cars to work in that environment. Or, you know, how do you see it? Uh, I think that's the wrong way to look at it, to be honest. I think going forward, you know, all sports develop and evolve with time and, I think it's really a key opportunity now, and particularly with COVID, and you've seen it in WRC this year, you know, that there's some rallies taking on slightly different itineraries and different formats, which I think has been quite successful so far, and people adapting. And I think going forward, there's an element where there has to be compromise both ways. There has to be compromise on the car aspect, that the car has to come to the sport, but there also has to be an aspect where the sport's got to come back to the car. And, you know, to do that, you've got to, 
you've got to establish what the technology is actually capable of now. Maybe that means that the rallies can't be as long range or, or shorter road sections, or maybe the cars get transported more on the road sections and used in competitive uh, stages. Um, but then again, you know, we need to be adaptable because in three to five years' time, I, the technology will be different. The the capabilities of the batteries or the hybrid systems will be much much greater than what they are now. So there's an element where I think there has to be compromised both ways. Uh, I think we're seeing the sport, you know, again, by hard fans and myself, you know, we love the endurance aspect of it. But if we want the sport to grow and get to more people, people like, you know, shorter format events. They, they like things to be easy. They like things, you know, live TV, arena type stuff. So, you know, here in New Zealand, we're starting to see a bit more of an uptake where, it's a full-on rally day on, on day one of an event, and on the second day, it's, it's basically a, a single venue rally sprint, um, like a knockout type thing, and that's creating a huge public interest because, you know, people who aren't diehard rally fans are then coming to this arena type thing on the second day. So, yeah, I think it's we've got this unique opportunity now to sort of reset in the world to sort of think uh, what the future of rallying could look like. Um, I, I, I've, I've got to ask. Obviously, you, you know, you, 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 you I, I feel wrong saying you took a a, 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 a backward step, but you certainly took a step with regards to, I suppose, securing your longer term future within motorsport, whether it be from 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 management or from a driving point of view. Your aspirations are still very much as as a driver. But when you're talking about that five to ten year kind of period that you're talking about, of course, with, with your team as well. Are you already are you already thinking about drivers, you know, uh, and getting them in now and getting them adept to, to to dealing with an EV as opposed to trying to get them into a petrol car and 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 work with them further down the line? Is that already in your your mindset of perhaps trying to get drivers in even now before they learn, dare I say, any kind of bad habits in a petrol? You know, are we? Is it is is there any value in getting people in EV cars now before they even drive a, a petrol-driven rally car? Oh yes and no. At the end of the day, I think time in the seat, whether it's petrol or EV, or it's a fast or a slow or a circuit or a rally car. You know, time in the seat, time in the seat. So um, yeah, I think it's too early to say at the moment. Like we're obviously still learning the, what the cars are capable of and, and how much of a different driving technique they require. Um, certainly, as time goes on, then yeah, for sure, uh, it'd be great to see more driver development within the technology that's relevant. Um, so yeah, we, we're keeping a pretty broad look on things. Obviously, short term, you know, I, I want to keep driving and, and driving for our team. Um, but yeah, as I say, long term, you know, we want to have a Kiwi team competing around the world and. I'm sure there'll come a day where I'm uh, I'm over the hill and uh, <laughs> and maybe we get someone who's a bit quicker than me. I've got I've, I've got to ask. Obviously, your relationship with with, with Hyundai New Zealand is, is is unique and special. The 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 choice of model um, was the you may have already spoke about this, and if you have, I apologise. But was there a specific reason why that model was chosen? The yeah, Kona. the Kona was chosen simply because there is there is only uh, in the Zealand market at the moment the Ionic and the Kona, which are the EV models Hyundai are, are marketing here, and um, the Kona was the, the obvious choice of the two. Um, and also, I think it's a move a little bit towards those smaller SUVs, which are becoming a much bigger car on the market nowadays, so it's more relevant from a Hyundai perspective, but also... The bigger car presents a few more opportunities in terms of battery packaging. Um, obviously, batteries are not small at the moment, so um, trying to put that sort of size batteries into a small i20 or or Fiesta or anything like that uh, becomes uh, a lot harder. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it's 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 funny because we are starting to see. As you say, I, I, you only have to look now. These small SUVs seem to be the way everybody kind of wants to go. Um, the other thing, which I'd, uh, as we're speaking, I'm just thinking back to the debate that we all had last week. And one thing that always comes up, sorry, because we're kind of jumping around a little bit as ever, but um, is noise. Is the the, yep. the, the noise um, of, uh, do we need to be, basically, do we need to be piping false noise in? Is that is that really that important? Do you think? For me, yes. <laughs> um, okay, uh, that's something we're working. That's something that we're, we're working quite hard on. We're actually just trying to uh, we're prototyping our own sound device at the moment, which is which is not speakers or anything artificial. We're actually trying to do it naturally through the mechanical side of the car. Um, so something a little bit different that hasn't been seen on an EV car before. And but yeah, I think noise is an important factor. 
not the same noise that we used to. So it's not, you know, trying to make the car sound like a, a V8 or a turbo car or anything. <laughs> it will be a new noise that will be, you know, um, unique to EV cars. But, yeah, at the end of the day, motorsport is a form of entertainment. You need noise, you need sound, you need action. Um, and, and as we know from a safety perspective, you know, on rally spectators simply need to be able to hear the car coming as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Have you been keeping a keen eye on, on our uh, limited season so far? Oh, a little bit. Uh, to be completely honest, it still pains me a little bit, uh, particularly with the program that we had this year. So um, it's still uh, it's still not so easy to watch it. Uh, um, but yeah, obviously keeping an eye on the results and seeing what's going on. So it's uh, quite interesting what's panning out. Um, we, we, we spoke about this, as I say, last week. A seven-round championship um, is it's almost as you say it's well, the events are shorter the championship shorter but you know one thing for sure the guys at the top are still absolutely on it isn't it there's no there is no there is there is no what's the best way i'm trying to put this there's nothing to be it's not a lesser achievement is it at the moment winning these events far from it Oh, 100% no. Um, commitment by the teams, by the drivers, with the testing, with the base notes, the commitment on events and everything is unchanged or, as you say, if not greater because they, they know they've got less chances throughout the year. So um, at the end of the day, they're still competing against the same competitors, the same terrain, same events. Um, so, you know, I think whoever's the world champion at the end still equally is worthy. And I think uh, maybe it puts a lot more pressure on this year on consistency and, and not making mistakes because when it is only seven rounds, you can't afford to have a drop round. And, you know, you can see that now. Elvin is the one of the top four who hasn't had a drop round and he's in a very, very strong position right now. So if he can maintain that all the way through uh, to the season's end, then... Um, he'll be hard to pick back. Absolutely, absolutely. So the rest of the year for you, Hayden, what's what, what's it looking like? Uh, well, massive, well, <laughs> me and myself and the team and and uh, seven of us in the team are working around the clock almost twenty four seven getting this EV car ready. So uh, we're looking forward to launching that at the start of November and then. Um, Auckland here are hosting a rally to replace what was supposed to be Rally New Zealand this year. Um, so it's great to see the city council and the country still getting behind that and showcasing that they're still ready to host the WRC rally. Um, so we've got that coming up as well. And um, yeah, we've got a. Unfortunately, at the moment, it's not enough days in the week and hours in the day. So it's a very, very busy time. <laughs> well, listen, uh, just for the to pull away the smoke and mirrors as we record this, of course, what time is it where you are at the moment? Oh, we're about half past ten at night. You see, there you go. That's that. That, that die hard, die hard. That's what Hayden did for. You. He should be tucked up by now. He's been driving a truck and everything today. So there you go. Listen, mate, I'm going to let you go to bed. I really do appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. An absolute rally. Great. Thanks so much, mate. This is Absolute Rally. Whether it's the pressures of service or an issue out on the stages, it's vital to have the right equipment to hand. Kielder cordless tools are tailored for the world of motorsport and are being used throughout all forms of competition. Go back to the future with the Kielder Works team. Welcome back to the final section of Absolute Rally. Hope you enjoyed Hayden. It's been way too long since we spoke to Hayden. It used to be a bit of a regular care and having Hayden on. Uh, we've, I think I've talked to Hayden pretty much in every aspect of his career all the way through from PWRC. So it's nice to stay in t- contact with Hayden and obviously make it relevant to what he's doing down in New Zealand. But we get to the any other business section. John's first any other business. Um, no pressure, John, but normally the huge. I'll do mine first. Good. Yeah. Be something to work off. Yeah. So it's probably going to be slightly left field, but um, mine is mine is a genuine concern at the moment. Obviously, everybody knows I still compete uh, here in the UK, and Ryan still does bits and pieces. And obviously, uh, Jack every now and again pulls on the co-drivers overalls and 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 pops up somewhere. But um, my concern at the moment is obviously with the world that we're in with COVID. Um, there is not a lot going on of course rally wise things are being still cancelled left right and centre but there's a consultation going on at the moment uh, by an independent company um, for um, activities that are going on in English forests Uh, and you need to seek it out because 
basically we need to be we all need to send that i've sent an email to say why it's so important to me why we're allowed to go into the forest and that's kind of what needs to happen we all need to send in our thoughts of why the english forests still need rallying and you know aside from all the obvious things with regards to economies and things like that but yeah. you know from a business point of view there's there's all these reasons but you need to seek it out i'll, I'll find a link and i'll share it as well on the absolute rally page um but um this is going to make a difference at the moment um i don't know where uk motorsport are at with it with regards to their support i know they put a notice out with regards to rallying in wales increasing to 2023 which mm. is great but that's been a deal that's been struck with natural resource wales it doesn't include any regrading of stuff with rally for wales as far as we're aware at the moment so that might actually not be all what it's made out to be but i'll i'll, I'll hold back on, on on having too much of an opinion not for the time being but certainly um english forests there is a survey going on. We need to be looking into it. We need to be writing to it because to me at the moment, there's nobody fighting for us. There's only ourselves. And if you go into the forest and you either watch rallying or compete in rallying, you yeah. need to be getting on this. Because if you don't and yeah. we lose it, we're all going to be left looking at one another going, well, I thought you were doing it. Well, I thought yeah. you were doing it. I yeah. thought you were doing it. And that's that's it. Yeah. I believe once rallying's gone in forests, we won't get it back. Yeah, the forests are the nursery of our sport, aren't they? That's the thing that... People talk about most from uh, the old days with one of their first impressions is I remember standing in a forest and I remember hearing the car. I remember hearing the marshal's whistle, not seeing the car, looking down through the forest in the, you know, in the mist and in the fog. And then suddenly this roaring beast appeared, came up the hill, came around the corner, came past me at, you know, hundred and something miles an hour. But all these memories come in the forests when you're talking about British rallying. And, uh, here's another thought for you. Which government was it that said, yes, of course you schools can set off all your your football and cricket pitches and go and build yourselves a new science block and then what are we talking about 20 years later and that is how fat and obese people have got well you know you reap what you sow so uh, i would say if if the forest are the nursery of british rowing then we need to protect the nursery because it's in there where the new champions the new stars of british rowing are going to appear because let's face it the roads of britain are not like the roads of uh, you know latvia lithuania estonia russia wherever there's an awful lot of cars on our roads at the moment anyway so the tarmac is a difficult place to go and compete we need to compete in the forests and um that's where all those young drivers and all that young talent will come from so uh, it's important we sign and get involved in that um petition absolutely absolutely i've got one other little piece of any other business unless tell you me it's, not, step tell in. it's not sensible tell me something we can get a little bit silly about oh no it's not it's not sensible it's our competition oh We've got, because we, we have Keeled Up Works tools, Works team tools, who've been with us for many, many years, and they're great fun, and they always do fun stuff. Now, I, I realize, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, John insists on having a camera on, um, which means I have to be dressed now for the podcast. Um, but um, we have, uh, we have, we have the, I should probably send it to you. I don't know whether you can actually see that. Oh, yeah, John. Good. yeah. Why yeah. Not? So um, basically, um, the wheels of Fortune, which is great what they put together, and there is eight different wheels. Yes. And you have to name all the wheels of what rally cars they're off. And uh, basically, uh, you then get a choice of winning some assorted different types of power tools or, or whatever, which we've already shared and tweeted out. So you've got a choice of an impact set, uh, a headset holder for inside your rally car, a flight case. So there is there's various stuff. things. There's some good stuff. So yep. um, Kielder are always good, fu good, good, good fun to do stuff. We've done Kielder headbands over the years. We've done Kielder mugs. Uh, we've done some retro stuff as well. Uh, we've even had our own friend of the show, Mark James, voice over some retro adverts for them. That's how <laughs> retro they are. You, I knew you'd appreciate that. Retro's John. good. Nostalgia's not as good as it used to be. No. <laughs> See, I, I like that we need to put the fun back in, I think. We need to be able to you know, laugh about these things. Every other sport can laugh about it. We always seem to be so serious about it. Um, but uh, it does remind me of a tweet or a message on Facebook or something that I got from a young lady who follows me, believe it, believe it or not. And I saw a photograph and I thought, is it one of those connections on Facebook? Is it one of those messages I'm just about to get? So I tentatively opened it up thinking please don't be not here in public so i opened the thing up and there's a picture and um the, the, the picture is the first message she sends and it's a large tv screen underneath it are four rally wheels and i looked at it and i thought love you've got it bad <laughs> because there was a, there were four of these 
chunky, enormous great wheels, but it looked like they were the ones that had been discarded because uh, they'd done the last 10 kilometres of a stage on no tyre, those sorts of wheels. Right, with you. And then and the caption to this this uh, picture, so if you picture the sort of 72-inch plasma, and underneath you've got, I don't know, a white, you've got a uh, something else, something else, and a something else, probably a gold one there from a Subaru. On the caption underneath, she listed whose cars they had come off and when. And I thought, God bless you. Yeah. You have got it bad and we need lots more people like you and lots Love more it. pictures like this. Um, Love it. Fabulous. Yeah. So, um, guys, if you want to get involved in this competition, it's always the same way you can do it. Please, please, please do it. So studio at absoluterally.co.uk. Uh, put quiz in the subject line. Just by way of interest, Ryan actually set his own little quiz last week. Nobody got it right. <laughs> what was it? Uh, we had we had well we had Fabrizia Pons on as a guest last week, ah. and Fabrizia had also scored points as a driver and a co-driver. And there's one other person that's done it. Oh, uh, boy! Uh, and I, I don't know the accent. I don't know. You're gonna have to text right. <laughs> Oh, he's not. He was on a mountain in Scotland. He's a mountain in Scotland. He has texted me since, but um, but yeah, I've got no idea. He he basically it was his own little quiz that he wanted to run himself. So I just gave him the platform to do it, John. Yeah, thank you, Ryan. Moving on. Moving on. Um, so so yeah, so that's the that's the end of the podcast. Well, welcome, well done on your debut. Thank you. Um, you were parachuted in. Ryan Champion was meant to be here to hold your hand as well, but that's- he was halfway up a mountain. Uh, well, he has forgotten more about this sport than I know, so I look forward to working. God help with us! Him. <laughs> God help us! If that, if, that if, if Ryan's the answer, then God knows what the question yeah, is. Remember, remember differentials on that subject, and I'll tell you a story about differentials another okay. time. Happy days. Um, folks, please do get involved in the competition. Studio at absoluterally.co.uk. You know how to find us, of course, on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash absolute rally. Twitter, absolute underscore rally. We'll be back same time, same place in the podcast hall next week. Absolute Rally. Powered by the Keel the Works team. Spread the word and download the podcast every week.